section twenty four of the crime of sylvester bonal by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain august twelve i waited for them in fact i waited for them very impatiently i exerted all my powers of insinuation and of coaxing to induce therese to receive them kindly but my powers in this direction are very limited they came jeanne was neater and prettier than i had ever expected to see her she is not it is true anything approaching the charm of her mother but to-day for the first time i observed that she has a pleasing face and a pleasing face is of great advantage to a woman in this world i think that her hat was a little on one side but she smiled and the city of books was all illuminated by that smile i watched therese to see whether the rigid manners of the old housekeeper would soften a little at the sight of the young girl i saw her turning her lustreless eyes upon jean i saw her long wrinkled face her toothless mouth and that pointed chin of hers like the chin of some puissant old fairy and that was all i could see mademoiselle Prefere made her appearance all in blue advanced retreated skipped tripped cried out sighed cast her eyes down rolled her eyes up bewildered herself with excuses said she dared not and nevertheless dared said she would never dare again and nevertheless dared again made courtesies innumerable made in short all the fuss she could what a lot of books she screamed and have you really read them all monsieur bonnard alas i have i replied and that is just the reason that i do not know anything for there is not a single one of those books which does not contradict some other book so that by the time one has read them all one does not know what to think about anything that is just my condition madame thereupon she called jeanne for the purpose of communicating her impressions but jeanne was looking out of the window how beautiful it is she said to us how i love to see the river flowing it makes you think about all kinds of things mademoiselle prefere having removed her hat and exhibited a forehead tricked out with blonde curls my housekeeper sturdily snatched up the hat at once with the observation that she did not like to see people's clothes scattered over the furniture then she approached jeanne and asked her for her things calling her my little lady whereupon the little lady giving up her cloak and hat exposed a view a very graceful neck and a lithe figure whose outlines were beautifully relieved against the great glow of the open window and i could have wished that some one else might have seen her at that moment some one very different from an aged housekeeper a schoolmistress frizzled like a sheep and this old humbug of an archivist and paleographer so you are looking at the sun i said to her see how it sparkles in the sun yes she replied leaning over the window-bar it looks like a flowing of fire but see how nice and cool it looks on the other side over there under the shadow of the willows that little spot there pleases me better than all the rest good i answered i see that the river has a charm for you how would you like with mademoiselle prefere's permission to make a trip of st cloud 
we should certainly be in time to catch the steamboat just below the pont royal jean was delighted with my suggestion and mademoiselle prefere willing to make any sacrifice but my housekeeper was not at all willing to let us go off so unconcernedly she summoned me into the dining-room whither i followed her in fear and trembling monsieur she said to me as soon as we found ourselves alone you never think about anything and it is always i who have to think about everything luckily for you i have a good memory i did not think that it was a favourable moment for any attempt to dispel this wild illusion she continued so you are going off without saying a word to me about what this little lady likes to eat at her age one does not know anything one does not care about anything in particular one eats like a bird you yourself monsieur are very difficult to please but at least you know what is good it is very different with these young people they do not know anything about cooking it is often the very best thing which they think the worst and what is bad seems to them good because their stomachs are not quite formed yet so that one never knows just what to do for them tell me if the little lady would like a pigeon cooked with green peas and whether she is fond of vanilla ice-cream my good therese i answered just do whatever you think best and whatever that may be i am sure it will be very nice those ladies will be quite contented with our humble ordinary fare therese replied very dryly monsieur i am asking you about the little lady she must not leave this house without having enjoyed herself a little as for that old frizzle-headed thing if she doesn't like my dinner she can suck her thumbs i don't care what she likes my mind being thus set at rest i returned to the city of books where mademoiselle prefere was crocheting as calmly as if she were at home i almost felt inclined myself to think she was she did not take up much room it is true in the angle of the window but she had chosen her chair and her footstool so well that those articles of furniture seemed to have been made expressly for her jeanne on the other hand devoted her attention to the books and pictures gazing at them in a kindly expressive half-sad way as if she were bidding them an affectionate farewell here i said to her amuse yourself with this book which i am sure you cannot help liking because it is full of beautiful engravings and i threw open before her vecellio's collection of costume designs not the commonplace edition by your leave so meagrely reproduced by modern artists but in truth a magnificent and venerable copy of that editio princeps which is noble as those noble dames who figure upon its yellowed leaves made beautiful by time while turning over the engravings with artless curiosity jean said to me we were talking about taking a walk but this is a great journey you are making me take and i would like to travel very very far away in that case mademoiselle i said to her you must arrange yourself as comfortably as possible for travelling but you are now sitting on one corner of your chair so that the chair is standing upon only one leg and that vecellio must tire your knees sit down comfortably put your chair on its four feet and put your book on the table she obeyed me with a laugh i watched her she cried out suddenly oh come look at this beautiful costume it was that of the wife of a doge of venice how noble it is what magnificent ideas it gives one of that light oh i must tell you i adore luxury you must not express such thoughts as these mademoiselle said the schoolmistress lifting up her little shapeless nose from her work nevertheless it was a very innocent utterance i replied there are splendid souls in whom the love of splendid things is natural and inborn the little shapeless nose went down again mademoiselle prefere likes luxury too said jean she cuts out paper trimmings and shades for the lamps it is economical luxury but it is luxury all the same 
having returned to the subject of venice we were just about to make the acquaintance of a certain patrician lady attired in an embroidered dalmatic when i heard the bell ring i thought it was some peddler with his basket but the gate of the city of books opened and well master said Esquibonar, you were wishing a while ago that the grace of your protege might be observed by some other eyes than old withered ones behind spectacles your wishes have been fulfilled in a most unexpected manner and a voice cries out to you as to the imprudent theseus grenier seigneur grenier que le ciel rigolot ne vous haisse assez pour sur dans sa colère il requiert nos victimes ses présents sont sur la peine de nos crimes beware my lord beware lest stern heaven hate you enough to hear your prayers often tis in wrath that heaven receives our sacrifices its gifts are often the punishment of our crimes the gate of the city of books had opened and a handsome young man made his appearance ushered in by therese that good old soul only knows how to open the door for people and to shut it behind them she has no idea whatever of the tact requisite for the waiting-room and for the parlour it is not in her nature either to make any announcements or to make anybody wait she either throws people out on the lobby or simply pitches them at your head and here is this handsome young man already inside and i cannot really take the girl at once and hide her like a secret treasure in the next room i wait for him to explain himself he does it without the least embarrassment but it seems to me that he has already observed the young girl who is still bending over the table looking at the chelio as i observe the young man it occurs to me that i have seen him somewhere before or else i must be very much mistaken his name is jealous that is a name which i have heard somewhere i can't remember where at all events monsieur jealous since there is a jealous is a fine-looking young fellow he tells me that this is his third-class year at the ecole de Cartes, and that he has been working for the past fifteen or eighteen months upon his graduation thesis the subject of which is the condition of the benetine abbeys in seventeen hundred he has just read my works upon the monasticon and he is convinced that he cannot terminate this thesis successfully without my advice to begin with and in the second place without a certain manuscript which i possess and which is nothing less than the register of the accounts of the abbey of citeaux from sixteen eighty three to seventeen o four having thus explained himself he hands me a letter of introduction bearing a signature of one of the most illustrious of my colleagues good now i know who he is monsieur jealous is the very same young man who last year under the chestnut trees called me an idiot and while unfolding his letter of introduction i think to myself aha my unlucky youth you are very far from suspecting that i overheard what you said and that i know what you think of me or at least what you did think of me that day for these young minds are so fickle i have got you now my friend you have fallen into the lion's den and so unexpectedly in good sooth that the astonished old lion does not know what to do with his prey but come now old lion do not act like an idiot is it not possible that you were an idiot if you are not one now you certainly were one you were a fool to have been listening to monsieur Jelly at the foot of the statue of marguerite de valois you were doubly a fool to have heard what he said and you were trebly a fool not to have forgotten what it would have been much better never to have heard having thus scolded the old lion i exhorted him to show clemency he did not appear to require much coaxing 
and gradually became so good-natured that he had some difficulty in restraining himself from bursting out into joyous roarings from the way in which i had read my colleague's letter one might have supposed me a man who did not know his alphabet i took a long while to read it and monsieur Jolie might have become very tired under different circumstances but he was watching jeanne and endured the trial with exemplary patience jeanne occasionally turned her face in our direction well you could not expect a person to remain perfectly motionless could you mademoiselle prefere was arranging her curls and her bosom occasionally swelled with little sighs it may be observed that i have myself often been honoured with those little sighs monsieur i said as i folded up the letter i shall be very happy to be of any service to you you are occupied with researches in which i myself have always felt a very lively interest i have done all that lay in my power i know as you do and still better than you can know how much there remains to do the manuscript you ask for is at your disposal you may take it home with you but it is not a manuscript of the smallest kind and i am afraid oh monsieur said Jolie, big books have never been able to make me afraid of them i begged the young man to wait for me and i went into the next room to get the register which i could not find at first and which i almost despaired of finding as i discerned from certain familiar signs that therese had been setting the room in order but the register was so big and so heavy that lucky for me therese had not been able to put it in order as she had doubtless wished to do i could scarcely lift it up myself and i had the pleasure of finding it quite as heavy as i could have hoped wait my boy i said with a smile which must have been very sarcastic wait i am going to give you something to do which will break your arms first and afterwards your head that will be the first vengeance of sylvester bonheur later on we shall see what else there is to be done when i returned to the city of books i heard monsieur Jolie and mademoiselle jeanne chatting chatting together if, if you please as if they were the best friends in the world mademoiselle prefere being full of decorum did not say anything but the other two were chatting like birds and what about about the blonde tint used by venetian painters yes about the venetian blonde that little serpent of a Jolie was telling jeanne the secret of the dye with which according to the best authorities the women of Titian and a veronese day tinted their hair and mademoiselle jeanne was expressing her opinion very prettily about the honey tint and the golden tint i understood that the scamp of a vigilio was responsible that they had been bending over the book together and that they had been admiring either the doge's wife we had been looking at a while before or some other patrician woman of venice never mind i appeared with my enormous old book thinking that Jolie was going to make a grimace it was as much as one could have asked the porter to carry and my arms were stiff merely with lifting it but the young man caught it up like a feather and slipped it under his arm with a smile then he thanked me with that sort of brevity which i like reminded me that he had need of my advice and having made an appointment to meet me another day took his departure after bowing to us with the most perfect self-possession conceivable he seems quite a decent lad i said jeanne turned over a few more pages of vicelio and made no answer aha i thought to myself and then we went to st cloud end of section twenty four